Hey, sweet friends, my name is Chef Schomburg. I started my baking business with a bottle of Di Serrano and one Bundt cake pan. Fast forward to today from news to magazines, speaking on national stages and more, I can truly say that baking has changed my life. So now, as a bakery business coach, I get to help others have the same success. I've helped hundreds of my students across the world in my global membership program create six-figure businesses, mainly from home. The Baking for Business podcast is an extension of that. From actionable tips to valuable tools and resources that can impact you as a business owner. I truly believe, y'all, we would never have been given a gift if we couldn't profit and prosper from it. So come on, darling. What are you waiting for? Hey, what's going on, sweet friends? And welcome back to the Baking for Business podcast. Today, we have a special sweet young lady who's traveled all the way from the UK to be here with us today virtually. (laughs) But today, we're recording with Lady Berry Cupcakes. Farley is the founder of Lady Berry Cupcakes, which has group classes, tons of classes, but she is all about cupcakes. And so you've probably seen her beautiful pastel posts on your feed. But today she's going to talk about how she got started, how she grew her thriving online community, as well as all things teaching. And so Farley, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today, darling? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're more than welcome. And so before we get into your online school, and because you have over like 160 courses you love many too many many I've got so many ideas in my brain and it's not enough time to execute them so there's probably another hundred classes in my brain (laughs) wow that that is so cool so how did you get started as a, a baker what got you interested in baking a complete accident. I baked my boyfriend at the time some cupcakes and he was like, these are so bad. <laughs> and I was like, wow, thanks. And so I thought, oh, okay, I'm just not a baker. And then as a joke for my birthday, he bought me a, a baking class and I was like, ha ha. Okay. So I went along to the baking class, hated the baking, but then we made it like a little teddy bear to go on top of the cake. And I was like, oh, I love that bit. Um, and then it kind of took off from there. Then a friend of mine, her daughter was having a birthday party and the, the party entertainer canceled last minute. She was like, Folly, I don't know what to do. I've got 12 kids coming to the house on Saturday. I don't know what to do with them. And I was like, why don't we just like decorate some cakes together? And literally it started from there, her daughter's birthday party. And I was like, oh, this is so much fun, decorating cakes with kids. And I was like, brilliant. And I just started like advertising that to my friends and my family and saying I was doing it. Then I think a friend was having a hen party. I was like, let's decorate naughty cupcakes. And I just had the best time ever. Um, And they were kind of giving me some nice feedback saying it was really good fun. And, you know, I was quite good at it. So it just took off from there, really. That's awesome. And so you sold your baked goods in the beginning? I did. I felt like that's what I had to do because I just looked at what other people were doing. And I was like, okay, so if I do this, I have to provide wedding cakes. I have to provide cookies. I have to provide cake pops, which are like my absolute nemesis. So I took myself off and started playing with all these things, thinking I had to do everything and very quickly realized that hated the baking, really hated baking. I'm like, okay, so I want to do this, but I hate the baking side of things. So what am I going to do? Um, so I did, I did like four wedding cakes. They turned me gray overnight because it was so stressful. And I thought, I can't do this. That's not fun. Um, and so I just experimented with different things. And then more and more people 
liked my cupcakes and I enjoyed doing that much more. So I just carried on doing that. And I started baking for orders. Um, and then I think I got inquiries saying, oh, these are really cute. Could you teach me and my friends how to do that? And it just kind of evolved from there, really. I like that because too often people will stick to doing something even when it doesn't make them happy. So yeah. I like how you were adamant and saying, you know, hey, the wedding cakes, all this, like, it isn't my thing, but you were comfortable doing your thing, which is just more so the decorating and, and stuff like that. And so what got you into teaching? Well, as I said, people were interested and were asking me for different events. And I always wanted to be a primary school teacher, which is like a kindergarten teacher, because I really loved younger kids and they've got such great energy. Um, but I'm dyslexic and I couldn't get my maths and English enough to do a teacher's degree. So I was told, nope, you can never be a teacher. And I kind of went off and scuttled off and did something else instead. Um, and then I kind of started with the baking and got into it and thought, actually, I could be a cupcake teacher. I don't have to have my maths and English for being a cupcake teacher. And it just evolved from there. And I just started started thinking about how I could make it into a business. I never thought when I was told I couldn't be a primary school teacher, I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? You know, it put a real spanner in the works, but actually I soon realized that I can do whatever I want to do. And what I wanted to do was something that made me happy every single day. It sounds really naff, but actually just doing something that I, that made me smile and I enjoyed so much was it, is what it's all about for me. Um, and the more I did it, the more hen parties I did, the more classes I did I just and even now it's like nine years on and I the other night I was messing around with fond at 11 o'clock at night I'm so obsessed with it that I know it's my passion and I'm just I feel so lucky that I found it because it just makes me really really happy I love it that is a blessing I love the smile on your face if you guys could see it it's just a big <laughs> huge smile but you can tell that you're really passionate about cupcakes and fondant and so you're always doing like fondant just modeling it and making it look some different type of way. And so do you remember? Your, yeah. Do you remember your very first class that you uploaded to your online community? Um, I think it was a free taster class. I think it was actually the pumpkin class that I just put on my Instagram yesterday. And I thought, oh my God, maybe I should redo that because that's really, really old. And I just wanted to see if, how susceptible people were to an online class. Mm -hmm. um, and lots of people took it and then they started making it. And I was like, but they didn't, They people were worried that they couldn't make it for their customers. I'm like, no, I'm teaching you as a, maybe a small business owner. So you can make these for your customers. People worry that the designs they can't then use for the customers. But that's the whole point. My majority of my audience, maybe 70% of my audience had their own small baking business. And I want to be the person that provides them with designs and styles. And so their customers love their cupcakes even more. They probably are the best bakers in the world. And then sometimes they struggle with the sugar craft and that's where I come in. So I'm just about the sugar craft. Of course, I have to bake the cupcakes, unfortunately, in order to do the cupcake classes, but I'm all about the fondant. And I know there's lots and lots of people that hate fondant. Don't get on with it at all. But I love like miniature tiny teacups and teapots and the tiniest ridiculous flowers, which is bonkers because I've got the chubbiest fingers in the world. So it's like I'm challenged myself to make tiny detail but I'm obsessed with it even now and I think oh should I get into polyclay should I make dolls house miniatures and things like that there's so many different ways you can go with if you're good at creating stuff like that so um yeah I I, I do worry I'm going to run out of ideas but I haven't yet and it's nine years on 
That is amazing. And so for anyone else who is into Fonded, because Farley is all about Fonded, when you scroll on her site, you'll see she has classes for beginners, classes for special occasion, classes for festive or Fonded modeling. And so you can just scroll and see all the different types of things she has. And I really do like it because like you stated, there are classes like on baking and stuff like that. But just to really hone in on Fondant, that's awesome because you can really help people with something that a lot of people in our industry struggle with. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of people struggle with it and they because they don't have the basic skills to start with. So I always try to teach people that actually you don't need fancy Fondant. You don't need fancy tools. I teach so many of my online classes are just using your hands. There may be like three or four tools, but people think they're going to have to buy a whole bunch of tools. And that's not the idea at all. And it wasn't intentional. That's just the way I design my fondant toppers by using your hands. And you can create a lot of them easily. People look at something and think, oh, my gosh, that's so complicated. That's going to take me hours. But it really doesn't when you break the shapes down. And I think that's a lot of feedback I get from my students is when they come to class, they look on the table and think, oh, my gosh, I'm never going to be able to make those. And then three hours later, they're like, oh, I made those. And they're so happy and realize actually you break every single shape down put them together and they're, they, they're beautiful. And of course, it doesn't take three hours to do the online classes because they're they're quick details. But coming to an intricate class, you can achieve really beautiful things. And when you're starting out and you're beginning, of course, it takes that a little bit longer. But the more you get into um, using fondant, the more you realize how it can be quick and you can make beautiful, beautiful things that nobody else has ever made, which is so lovely because there's a lot of there's a lot of people repeating stuff, which is which I understand if you're not a creative person, it's hard to come up with unique designs, whereas I feel I've got the capability to bring in something new and I'm always trying to find something new. And I, that's what I feel like I can offer people something unique that their customers have never seen before. And then their customers are going to come back to them because it's something really special. Absolutely. And that's another thing that you mentioned. You don't just do the online classes. You also do workshops. You have family workshops, live workshops. So tell us about the workshops that you offer in the UK. How fun is that? And what do you walk your customers through? Oh, I absolutely love. So I do hen parties, I which are hilarious. And by the time I get there, they've usually had a glass of Prosecco or two. Um, so I offer those, which are really good fun. I do children's birthday parties every weekend. And every party is different. And every party is just a lot of fun, very loud. Um, and I try not to let them eat too many sprinkles or too much fondant so they're not too high by the time I leave. Um, so that's every weekend. I do group classes in London. And I also do things like in care homes. I go to elderly people in care homes and it's lovely to teach them because it's something creative and something fun and they're just they're so happy and they're just creating something and it's I, I do simple design so it's achievable and then they get to eat the cakes and their little smiles is lovely I do team building events in the city so I've taught bankers they're like Halloween classes you know when they want something fun to do for a team building event and of course the guys get really competitive over a cupcake I don't know how they manage that but they do <laughs> um, and then I do a lot of one-to-one private tuition with students in the UK and then I get international students coming to London and they come and book me for private tuition Monday to Friday sometimes five days two days one class it's such a variety I think every week is different and that's what I really love about my job Um, meeting lovely people that come back again and again is such a joy like a lady came from where was she Brazil maybe and she said Farley when I have a daughter or her child I'm going to come 
bring her to class. And I thought, okay, yeah, that would be lovely thinking she'll never come again. Six years later, she was like, hey, Farley, I'm coming to London. Can I bring my daughter? And I was like, oh my gosh. And it was just like the sweetest thing ever. And I love that because that creates a real warm sense of community. And that's what I'm all about with my business. Just just making a space for people to feel like they can ask me any questions, they can learn and grow and to bring their kids. It's just so lovely. And I love it when maybe I do a group class or private tuition and somebody brings their mum. And I've had a a family that brought their grandmother, the mum, the daughter and her daughter. So four generations. That was amazing. So I just, I just love teaching. It just makes me so happy seeing my students faces at the end of their class when they don't think they can achieve something like that and they can best feeling ever and I'm still not bored of it after nine years of teaching I still get high from that (laughs) that's amazing I think that's the gift of entrepreneurship you know when you're walking in your passion and you find something that lights you up you just you don't get tired of it you know we we go to bed Mm. thinking about I'm sure you probably fall asleep thinking about fondant I was dreaming about fondant last night and I was like, oh my God, it's 4 a.m. Why are you thinking about fondant? I was thinking, oh, I could do these pastel pumpkins in a stack and I'm like, just switch off and go to sleep. <laughs> Probably pastel pumpkins. That sounds so cute. I like the pink kunk. And it's love- especially with October. Oh, that's so adorable. So you actually, <laughs> she actually has a little turquoise one that she's showing. That is so cute because in October is also Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Yes. And we call uh, boobs, pumpkins, tatas. Pumpkins. I've got the best pumpkins ever. Yes. <laughs> well, my, pump, my, pumpkins, <laughs> my pumpkins hurt my back. I wish they were a little smaller, but. <laughs> no, you need but, some little miniature pumpkins. You need some tiny ones like these. <laughs> absolutely. That is so adorable. But that 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 is a lot. And one of the things you mentioned, because I know my mom was elderly when I cared for her the senior teaching seniors, I think that's a market that a lot of people don't tap into because we have uh, nursing homes, assistant living, in-home care, and those people, they love activities just like just like we do. And it's such a pleasure to teach them because they're just, you know, they probably, a lot of these places don't get an awful lot of variety. So to go and do do something like a Christmas theme or something, like I'm going to do some volunteering up the road because they haven't got the funding to to pay me. And that's that's something that it's quite hard to do in the current climate because the cost of ingredients, of course, is sky high. But the joy that brings me in doing something at Christmas time and seeing their little faces and making like a little pink, pink, Santa Claus, not red Santa Claus, a little pink Santa Claus, or, you know, just, I, I, that's such a privilege for me to get to teach them. And I just, uh, I can't tell you how lovely it is. And to, to, you know, then, then sometimes they call back and they want something for Easter or they want something for, I don't know, for the summer or just a summer activity. But the sad thing is a lot of these places now don't have funding for extra activities like that. So it's a, it's, there's only so much volunteering you can do as a small business, but it is something that I really, really want to do a bit more of as well in the future if I can. Absolutely. Definitely a a heart to serve there. So for sure. And your work has been featured in Cake Masters. You've been featured a couple of times. That's just how passionate you are about your fondant. And so tell us about that. How does it feel to be published as a teacher and just to have your work featured? It's so exciting. And I I can't help being a bit naughty. And I go into supermarkets where the magazine is sometimes and I kind of go in and just open the page where I'm on it and I just purposely leave it open on the shelf. (laughs) 
and I take a little video of it and it just it just feels amazing and I have each magazine I've ever been in I just have a little stack of them because you know those days where you feel a bit like oh really struggling today having a really tough time and then I'll just pick up a magazine like look what you did you did that you're in a supermarket all over the UK and online all over the world potentially sometimes and I did that. And so it's that little pep talk and you just kind of have a, those little reminders that just keep you going when you feel a little bit a little bit blue or you're struggling a little bit. So yeah, it's it's amazing. And I do tell my my students well, just to say, like, reach out to the magazines. The worst thing they're going to say is no. Um, you know, but you could just be in the back. You know, they have a little album of people's cakes there or you could offer to feature something or make something and, you know, just start talking to these magazines. But I'm aware that a lot of the magazines recently have had to close down, which is a real shame. Um, but yeah, Cake Masters reach out to me, which is lovely. And I'm very, very lucky to do that because that's a really nice feeling because then you're reaching maybe families or other people that you may not reach ordinarily through my own platforms. Um, so, yeah, you just get that exposure as well, which is lovely. You have a love for fondant and it shows on your feed. It shows when you talk, but there are so many other people who have a love or a passion and they're afraid to put themselves out there either because they're afraid to go live. They're afraid to show their face. And so how do you overcome? Because I know personally you've shared a few things that you've gone through. How do you overcome just putting yourself out there as an entrepreneur and a business owner? Initially, I never put my face out there. I never put my face on my business. Even, you know, on your website and you have a little picture of yourself, I was like, oh, do I have to do that bit? Can I just put my name? I didn't even want to put my full name. And I soon realized that actually the way to connect with my audience and, um, and reach out to people was by being myself. And, and, and that was the way that I could talk to people and they become familiar with you and that whole way of, building a community is by talking to people and then recognize you. And then when they come to class, they're like, oh my God, I feel like I know you. And so I I kind of experimented with it for a little bit. And then I realized how powerful that was. And now my face is all over my Instagram. <laughs> people are probably sick of my face. Um, but I think it's really, really powerful. And I understand that people are shy, but if you want the growth, that is something that I always try to tell people. Just put your face out, even if it starts with a photograph, and just say, hi, my name's this, and I've been teaching for this long, because that's your unique selling point. Nobody else can be you. And it's that 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 cliche where, where people always try to stand out from the crowd. I'm like, but you have you. Nobody else has you. And that is how you will stand out from the crowd. And even if you're not confident on camera, just practice. Just practice with your friends. Practice creating videos that no one sees. And then the more you do that, the more confident you'll be. Even if you set it up that you do it once a week. You didn't have to necessarily go live. I don't really like going live. But I'll do it with my hands, but not with my face but um just just set yourself a few goals and you'll realize that it's not that scary and actually people will start relating to you more and then they feel familiar with you then when they want a cake or they want some cookies they're going to come to you because they remember you and they relate to you and I feel like the more I talk to my audience the more they kind of relate to me and I started sharing things about like my dyslexia and then um I got alopecia recently and my hair was falling out and I was like well how am I going to do this because that was a really big deal for me behind the scenes and I thought well every day um I'm going to appear differently and then I discovered wigs and I was like oh my god this is amazing I can be different every day and um 
And I thought, well, how am I going to do that? Because how am I going to transition that online for for social media? Because every day I'm going to have different hair because I discovered bobs and I discovered brown hair and blonde hair. And me talking about that, I had to tell them because they were seeing me with different hair every day. And they're like, well, what's going on here? And so actually me opening up and I did a video saying, this is what's happening to me right now. And I'm just going to tell you because every day you're going to see me with different hair and I'm just embracing it. And the amount of people that then messaged me behind the scenes and I had an opportunity to start communicating with them and talking to them. And then they were talking about their business and how stressful that is. And so I feel like it's my community is about cupcakes and baking and running a baking business, but it's also about building friendships and a really lovely community. And I think that's the biggest thing for me and my business is creating a fun community where I'm sharing, not just selling my cakes, but sharing tips and tricks and just being funny and having a a bit of a laugh with my audience as well. And giving them an opportunity to ask questions and share things. And, you know, I try to do a shout out every now and again, other pages, small businesses, because we, we know we've been in the industry a bit longer and how hard it is to come up behind us. So as somebody who's been in the industry for a while, it's nice to help those smaller businesses because we were there once. So that's what I'm really passionate about as well behind the scenes. I just feel like there's not enough time to do everything. All my ideas I have in my brain of how I can help people. I just don't have enough time to execute them. And I don't know about you, but I've tried to hire people to help me do stuff. But by the time I've hired them and told them what to do, I may well have done it myself. And I just think they can't be me. So I have to find a way to manage my time and do everything myself as much as possible, apart from accounts, so you can get accounting or whatever. But the actual social media um, side of things, I I just take control of myself. Sometimes I get a bit frustrated with it, but I post too much anyway. I, I get overexcited. I get too much content and post too much and too often. Um, but I'm just learn. I'm always trying to learn the right balance for me and just leave posts to just be seen rather than oh, I've got to post every four hours. Like no, you don't. <laughs> so I'm still learning. I've been doing it a while, but I'm still learning of what I need to do as opposed to what I want to do. Um, but I do like it. I love that engagement with people and chatting and. DMs. I spend a lot of time in my DMs just chat, chatting to my students, which is, I just think maybe I need to set aside time just to do that rather than taking that out of my day. I, I totally understand. I'm very personal, the same. So yeah, I love DM and chatting my students, but you hit it on the head though. It is about community. And that mm-hmm. is what we're there for, to build and to foster community. And also congrats to you because so many people, they don't want to go live. They don't want to show their face. They don't want to tell their story. But it's like you mentioned earlier, there's only one you. Like we can all do the same cupcakes. We may all do the same fondant, but we all don't have the same face. We all don't have the same trials and tribulations and struggles. And so when you showed up and when you shared that, I remember I saw the post. I thought, wow, this is like, that's the post that stood out to me that made me say, okay, let me invite her on the podcast. Like we all do the same work, but what's the story there? When you actually have something to say that can inspire and motivate someone, even if it's like you were saying, hey, look, I don't know what the hell I'm going to look like every day. I'm just here letting you know this is what I'm going through and it is what it is. People can relate to that because I think too often we're trying to be picture perfect on Instagram. We're trying to always act like we have have our ish together or that there's this work-life balance, which it never really is. It's hard to balance the two. And in the midst, we can't just show up and be human. Mm -hmm. And so I love the human aspect that you show on your page. And you have so many classes. So how many students have you taught over over the years? 
I don't know. I mean, nine years of teaching. I teach every weekend. I teach every week. I don't know. I was thinking the other day, how many cupcakes have I baked? Like over nine years. I mean, I probably bake 300 cupcakes every Monday, put them in the freezer and then just pull them out as I need them. That's a lot of cupcakes. I did celebrate my 1,000th cupcake party, children's party the other day. Wow. I started teaching parties in about about seven years ago, a thousand parties. I'm like, that's a lot. Yeah. That is, that is 1000 parties in seven years. That's awesome. Yeah. It was because I, I mean, I only do those at weekends because they're in school and then they're in the summer. They're not here. Half term, they disappear. I do do family workshops at, in half term, but it's a kind of hit and miss sometimes depending whether, because my clients generally are people with money sometimes, and they always head off for the summer or head off for half term. So it, that, that varies. Um, but that's a great thing to do as well, because then you get the the families coming along, which is lovely. Absolutely. What tips do you have for anyone else out there who who wants to teach fondant or who wants to take their love of the craft and maybe start having in-person classes in their community or online classes? What advice would you have to someone? Yeah, just do it. Like we, there's so many things like even running a baking business, the amount of people that want to do it or it's a dream of theirs and they don't even try. And that there's like that Winnie the Pooh phrase. I can't remember what it is, but it's like, if you don't try, you'll never know if you're going to succeed or not. And it's like, I'd rather try something and it not work. And then I go, okay, I'll change direction. But a lot of people have an idea, but they never try and execute it. And that could be what is their passion. That's That could be their forte, what they're really good at. So just go for experiment if you're not sure, just experiment with a, you know, a group of friends or a group of mum friends, get them over one evening to your house and just put them around your dining room table and say, okay, I'm just going to try this out and give me some feedback at the end. And that's what I did with my friends. I just said, okay, this is my idea. I'm going to give it a go. Just pretend I'm a professional teacher. And then give me some feedback at the end. And they did, they were a bit rude. They were like, Holly, you can't keep tidying up everybody's tools at the table. So I'm like, I've learned to sit on my hands and not rearrange people's cupcakes in their boxes. So they look organized, like things Things like that just um I've learned to sit back and you know uh, not do that kind of stuff but just go for it like just go for it and be yourself and find find what it is you really love like I said at the beginning I thought I had to do everything and I realized actually that made me unhappy trying to do a, a big cake is not my thing um trying to do cookies cake pops ugh, yuck <laughs> and my heart is with cupcakes and that's what makes me happy on a daily basis so do that it's okay it's better to be really good at one thing than be semi good at three or four things and i feel like a lot of people like i did at the beginning feel like you have to offer so much when actually you don't you can be the best at cake pops you can be the best at cookies and and i just feel like i've just focused on cupcakes for the last eight years and I just love it and there's just so many ways you can go with even now there's so many different ideas that I've got or you know so if you can be creative and just imaginative then you can just do whatever you like and make it work that is so true it is always so much better like they say the riches are in the niches and it's better to go deeper and to serve and to do something that you're truly passionate about than to go wide and to do a bunch of different things that are pulling just you never really master it if you are so many I mean if you had a lot of time maybe you could master three or four things but you'll never be the best at something that you could possibly be um and I feel like actually then you get known for being that person you get known for being that amazing cookie artist as opposed to somebody just offers everything that's all a bit average 
Absolutely. Whew. That is amazing advice. You are so awesome. I'm so happy that we got to have you here and to just hear Aww, your story you. and your evolution over all these years. Before I let you go, are you ready to play a game of lightning round? All right, then. <laughs> all right, let's do it. Farley, what is your favorite color? What do you think it is? It's pink. <laughs> <laughs> but not just pink. It has to be a blush pink. Okay. Like it has to be that warm, charming. Yeah, it's a, it's a certain type of pink. Not just I'm not very good with like the the really bright fluorescent pink or anything like that. It has to be a soft feminine blush. <laughs> feminine blush. Okay, I'll take it. What is a dessert you cannot live without? Dessert. Uh huh. Mm. Can I have two? Yes, go for it. Okay. Coconut ice cream and. Banoffee pie, so good. Oh, that sounds so delicious. I love it. Well, who is your celebrity crush? Oh, I don't have one. I kind of like, it's like sprinkles. I take a little bit of Jason Momoa. I take a little bit of LL Cool J because he's cheeky. Jason Momoa is like a big chunky chocolate chip, like solid man. And then Louis Theroux. I don't know if you know him. He's like a British... Uh, what do you call it? He makes documentaries. He's like, I don't just like his wit. He's very quick-witted and sarcastic, and I like that. And then a little sprinkle of Idris, maybe. So like a little sprinkle of people. Is that okay? That's okay. <laughs> so creepy. It's okay. Multiple men are fine. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite book? Oh, I, I just read a book. Um which was very not like me, but it was called Into, Into Thin Air by John Krakauer. And it was so good. It was about the climb to Everest and how they came as a team. And I don't know. I don't have a favorite book. I just like to read a variety of different biographies or, um, yeah, I just like whatever. I'm about to go on vacation and I've got like some fiction books. I've got some nonfiction. So, yeah, anything that just will hold my interest. Yeah. <laughs> cool beans. And lastly, what is your favorite kitchen utensil Eesh. can a cup of a, a cup for tea be a kitchen utensil I always have to have a cup of tea very British um I don't really can a cake decorating tool set be a utensil you yeah. know like the I feel yeah, like it's I, gonna be the one that does the little things that should the ball yes just like any Dresden tool any little tool that I can make my miniatures with I can't live without those set of eight tools they are my life if I didn't have those I couldn't make what I make so uh, yeah and I do love a blush spatula but I'm sure lots of people say spatulas yeah so I'm so greedy I can't decide on one thing ever (laughs) it's okay and for those who are in the UK who would possibly like to take a one-on-one with you or learn more about you uh, share with us your website so people can get more information Sure. Thanks, Amanda. Um, it's uh, ladyberrycupcakes.co.uk. Um, you can find everything on there. And then I virtually live on Instagram um, and I'm on Pinterest and TikTok and Facebook. But I, if you want to find me, I'm probably hiding on Instagram somewhere. So most people will find me there. And then the online school is attached to the website. You just go to the website and go to online classes and all the classes are there for you. Awesome. I love it. From the bottom of my little heart, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate you sharing your story. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for inviting me. 